Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. Today, I want to label my thoughts with this phrase, a thanksgiving pledge, a thanksgiving pledge. Remember, gratitude is the best attitude. And today we're looking at verse number 18 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And this is a great verse to memorize, a great verse to put to memory so that your mind can be made more like Jesus. And everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. By means of introduction... I want you to know this, that the setting of, Acts, of uh, the setting of this book of the Bible is in Acts chapter 17. So if you want to dive in a little bit deeper in your understanding of this book of the Bible that Paul wrote by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, then you want to dive into Acts chapter 17. And we're going to look into that in just a few moments. But I want you to know this, that when Paul was writing this letter to the Thessalonican church, these believers in this city... He was writing with a threefold purpose. Purpose number one is he was giving a word of edification about enduring persecution. These believers were persecuted for their faith and he was praising them that they continued steadfast even when they are being persecuted. He wrote second of all, encouraging them to abide in a sanctified life. In, in other words, living holy. And he emphasizes that really in chapter number four. And then the main reason why Paul was writing this letter was for doctrinal correction. They had questions about the dead. They had questions about Jesus' return and the rapture. And, and in chapter 4 and in the other areas of this book, he begins to address this. And in 2 Thessalonians is an extension on these questions and answers. And today, as we come to this chapter, as we come to this book, I want to just pull out the one verse as Paul's writing. It says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Today, I wrote down a key statement in correlation to this verse in this chapter and then also to Acts chapter 17. I wrote down this. I pledge to always and at all times be thankful to God. I pledge to always and at all times be thankful to God. You see, I think there's a misconception in our world, especially in America, in our Americanized culture. We say that, it's, that we should only be thankful on Thanksgiving Day. Yes, let's be thankful for the nice big old turkey that's set before us. Yes, let's be thankful for the stuffing and, and the green beans and the sweet potatoes and the pumpkin pie and everything else that you can imagine that is placed on your table on Thanksgiving Day. But I want you to know this. It's a great meal and it's an awesome meal, but we ought to be thankful every single day that we live on this earth. 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And today I hope that you'll make my key statement, your key statement of your life every day. I pledge to, be, to always and at all times be thankful. So I want to ask and answer this question. What am I thankful for from Paul's letter? What can we be thankful for? From Paul's letter today. What can we glean from this letter and the life of Paul and the Thessalonians? And how can we 
apply it to our lives. Well, today I want to share with you three reasons why I am thankful from this text. First of all, I wrote down this. I am thankful that God uses the extraordinary to do the extraordinary or the extraordinary. I am thankful that God uses the extraordinary to do the extraordinary. The Bible says here, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I'm thankful today that you don't have to have a certain amount of degrees or experience to be used by God. I'm thankful today that God wants to use you and God wants to use me, no matter our skill set, no matter our experience, and no matter our nationality, and no matter anything. He wants to use you and me. And listen, I want you to take your Bible and go back to Acts chapter 17. And, and just to give you a little bit of context of what's going on, the Apostle Paul is on his second missionary journey in Acts chapter 17. Silas and Timothy are along with him on this section of his journey. And so they go through a couple cities and they come to a city named Thessalonica in verse number one of Acts chapter 17. Be sure to hold your place in 1 Thessalonians as well because we will go back to that. But here they arrive at this city and the Bible says that they that Paul went to the synagogue on three Sabbath days. So we believe that he was at this city for about three to four weeks, maybe a month tops. And while he was there, the Bible says that he reasoned from the scriptures in the synagogue to tell them about the Messiah. And my mind can only wonder what verses he was using because he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. And the Bible says that he knew the word of God. And then in verse number two, it talks about how he went in and reasoned out of the scriptures. In verse three, it says he opened and alleged that Christ must needs have suffered. He talked about the Messiah. And he talked about how the Messiah was, his name was Jesus and how Jesus died on the cross and how Jesus rose again and how Jesus gives life to all of these people who want to hear it. And the Bible says that he had to suffer and then it says how he rose again from the dead. And by the way, Jesus did rise again from the dead. There was a man by the name of Josephus. You might have heard of him. He was a Jewish historian who lived shortly after the days of Christ. And he had no obligation and no intention of affirming the resurrection of Jesus because he wasn't a Christian. And in his writings of Josephus, a secular Jewish historian who was not a child of God affirmed Jesus rose from the grave. So that's an extra uh, biblical reference for you, not found in the Word of God. So hey, it doesn't matter if, if, if society says Jesus rose again or not. The Bible says it, and it's good enough for me. But that's some Josephus stuff for you, just so you can know. But then he says, that he, the Bible says that he preached unto them how Jesus is the Christ. And he is the Christ. He was the Messiah, the anointed one. The one as we'll celebrate next month, we'll look back and how he was born of a virgin and he lived a sinless life. He was and is and always will be the Messiah. Amen. The Bible goes on to say how out of this, in verse number four, some, some people believed and came with Paul and Silas. And then some devout Greeks, that is those who were not Jewish, those who were not in the synagogue, there was a great multitude of Greeks who got saved. And then the Bible says there were some chief women of that society who came to know Christ as Savior. In verse number 5, it talks about the Jews which did not believe 
they moved with envy or jealousy, and they took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sword, the Bible says, and gathered a huge company. And they came, and the Bible says that there was a house church and the man by the name of Jason's house. And they assaulted this man's house. And they brought, and the Bible says, wow. I mean, can you imagine having a church in your house, a gathering of believers? And the Bible says that they grabbed him and they drug him out of his own house. <laughs> Talk about persecution. Anyways, we read these verses here. And, and, and as I was meditating on this passage about Jason, about Paul, about, about all these apostles, some of these apostles, they were, not, they were not some of the greatest men that have ever lived. They, they just they got saved and God's hand was on them and God used them. And this past week, we went up, a group of us went to Charlotte, North Carolina, and we went to the Billy Graham Library. And I want you to know this, that Billy Graham, was he grew up on a farm. And he got up in the mornings and he milked cows. Okay? He was as simple as simple could ever get. When you, it, maybe some of you got to hear him in person, but I've gone back and I've listened to a lot of things and I've read a lot of his stuff. And, and listen, he, he was not, there's plenty of people who had greater orator abilities than Billy Graham. There is plenty of people who could write better books than Billy Graham and who was gift, more gifted than Billy Graham. The, the, the thing about Billy was he was an ordinary man that God used in an extraordinary way. Because he was humble and willing to take God's word to the ends of the earth. And I want you to know this, that, that, that God can use you and God can use me to accomplish his will. And we ought to be thankful for that. Amen. We ought to be thankful that God saved us, that God pulled us out of the miry pit of sin, and that God wants to use us to share the good news. The question today is not... Are you an extraordinary person or just an extraordinary person? The question is this. Are you available to be used by God? God doesn't need you if you're capable. God doesn't call those who are qualified. As the preacher of yesterday said, he qualifies those who are called. And today you are being called. You are being summoned by God to do what Paul the Apostle did and to advance the name of Jesus Christ. Why am I thankful today? Well, I am thankful that God uses the extraordinary to do the extraordinary. But may I share with you secondly today? Remember, I pledge to always and at all times be thankful to God. This is a Thanksgiving pledge today. We are pledging not to the American flag, not to the Christian flag, not to any of that stuff today. We are pledging to God to be thankful to Him. I wrote down secondly. As I read in Acts 17 and in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I wrote on the second thought. I am thankful for every opportunity to share the gospel story. I am thankful for every opportunity to share the gospel story. Acts chapter 17, the book of Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, is not just about the Thessalonican church. You see, when you read Acts chapter 17 on Paul's second missionary journey, there's three cities that are mentioned in this chapter. You have Thessalonica that Paul goes to. Then in verse number 10, after they were thrown out of Thessalonica, Paul makes his way to a city by the name of Berea. 
And in this town, these people were known as, as individuals who were very diligent in their study of the Bible, which is what we want to be at our church today. We want to be Bereans here at our church. We want to be individuals, men, women, boys, and girls, who dive in deep to the Word of God and to affirm what is being taught from the Scriptures. And, and here these believers, they, these individuals, they did that. And Paul goes in and he, and he does what he normally did. He went to the synagogue and there he taught and, and shared with them about Jesus. And, and the Bible says that, that, that they, some of them believed. And then, then, then the people in Thessalonica heard that he went to Berea to do the same thing. And they come from Thessalonica to Berea and they persecute him again. And so then they had to send him away to a city by the name of Athens. When Paul gets to Athens... The Bible talks about how he, he goes into these synagogues and, and he does all that. But, but his main, main emphasis in Athens was these were individuals who were philosophers. Stoics, the Bible calls them. That is, you know, they could talk you out of believing you're sitting in that pew right there. <laughs> do you even really exist? How do you know you exist? Do you even have a brain? <laughs> They were philosophers. They overthought everything and then overthought what they were overthinking. And Paul goes in and he talks and he, and he, and he, and he talked to them, not from the Old Testament passage of Scripture. He took a known area where they knew and then preached from that known area. You know, I always thought it would be really good that in homiletics class, and by the way, if you don't know what that is, that means preaching class. So, so I am a homiletician, okay? That is the theological term of what I do when I preach. I'm a preacher. I'm a homiletician. And so in homiletics class, you would think that you would go back and you would study the sermons of Jesus and the sermons of Paul and the sermons in the New Testament, but actually what you don't study is you don't study any of that. And so what I had to do is after I graduated from homiletics classes, I had to go in and dig into the word of God and say, hey, what did Jesus preach about and how did he preach and what did Paul preach about? Well, you know what we find that in, when Acts, in the book of Acts, when they preached, when they were preaching amongst the Jews, they would, they would emphasize the Old Testament passages of scripture and then go to Jesus. But here, the one sermon in the, in the whole New Testament where, where, where Paul is preaching to a predominant Gentile culture, he does not take a huge amount of scripture, and share with them. He talks to them about their unknown God that they ignorantly worship. And there he preaches to them. And he shares with them Jesus Christ and how he died on the cross for their sins. This past Thursday, we saw over 400 people come on our campus. To my knowledge, it's never happened before in history of our church's existence. So we praise the Lord for that. But what I am even praising the Lord and more thankful of is the fact that, that because they entered our facility and went through our line to get candy and yeah, we'll give you a hot dog, we'll give you some candy as long as you stick around to hear about Jesus, we'll do it. And so they did. And they, they got to Brother Day's line and there, many of you were, were talking to them as well and giving out tracts and many of you invited people and, and you came and, and I'm so thankful for all that. But what I'm grateful for the most is that we were able to share the gospel with so many people on a day that glorifies death. We got to share to them life about how Jesus is the greatest life giver this world has ever seen and how Jesus, yes, he died, but he rose again and he lives. Why do we emphasize this resurrection? Because the Bible emphasizes it in nearly every book and, and all over Old and New Testaments. 
I am thankful for every opportunity to share the gospel story. So, hey, listen, let's be thankful that, hey, we might, may not be like Paul and be dro driven out of Roanoke, Virginia because we're sharing the gospel. We, we have great liberty here. So let's use every opportunity, such a day like Halloween and other holidays, to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. I am thankful. Are you thankful? This is a pledge of thanksgiving. I pledge to always and at all times be thankful to God. The first reason why I'm thankful is because God uses the extraordinary to do the extraordinary. I wrote down, secondly, I am thankful for every opportunity to share the gospel story. But now, thirdly and finally, I want to share this with you. I am thankful that it's the will of God to always be thankful to God. I am thankful that it's the will of God to always be thankful to God. Imagine the Apostle Paul is writing his letter to the Thessalonians. Thessalonican church where he was only there for about 21 days or maybe a month and there he was escorted out booted out of that city then he goes to another one and they come to that city and they boot him out again and imagine he writes to these believers who are undergoing all this persecution and he says in everything not in some things not in most things he says in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You know, oftentimes, whether you're young or old, we're always trying to seek God's will for our life, direction for our future. Well, the first step is being thankful for today. Being thankful for how God is at, at work in your life. To be thankful for the family that God has given you. To be thankful for the job that you have. And to just to be thankful. To be in an, in an attitude of gratitude. That's what our nation needs, right? I mean, come on now. I mean, that's what uh, Channel 7, Channel 10, and Fox News, and, and, and CNN, all of the media outlets in our world, they need a little bit of dose of gratitude. Because listen, I'm afraid that our attitudes today are not reflecting a spirit of gratitude. And it's time that, that if it starts anywhere, it should start right here. If anybody ought to be full of thanksgiving, it's you and me. Somebody who calls themselves a child of God. But one thing I've learned in the past eight plus years of being a pastor is some of the most ungrateful, unthankful, unappreciated folks in our world today is sitting in the house of God. We, so we become so enamored with, with unthankfulness and, and a spirit of complaining, which by the way, a spirit of complaining generates from a heart that is ungrateful. And so it's time that we lay aside all that stuff and let's be thankful. Like Paul. If anybody could have been unthankful for what was going on in his life, it was Paul. Because Paul was telling them the good news and then going to jail for it and being pushed out of cities. I am thankful that it's the will of God to be thankful to God. You want to know God's will for your life? Well, it begins by saying thank you. Wouldn't that be great if, if we just actually said thank you to people again? Do you remember the day when, when everybody actually said thank you to whether it was a waiter or a waitress or wherever you're going? Thank you to somebody who helped you? Well, let's get back to that. Let's get back to that. Not just doing it on Thanksgiving Day and then on Black Friday we can lay aside Thanksgiving <laughs> and pound the Walmart and Best Buy and all the other stores to get our nice deals. Because I'll tell you one thing, we can be so full of Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving Day, but then on Black Friday, listen, have you ever been to Walmart on Black Friday? 
<laughs> I went there the first time a few years ago. I went to the, the Covington uh, Walmart, and I wasn't, ex I wasn't expecting anybody to be there. But I want to tell you one thing. I don't know how the fire marshal didn't close the store down because there were so many people. I got my phone and I was just recording all these crazy people uh, buying all this stuff and fighting over it. And then the next year, there I was in line getting my TV. <laughs> Man. So if you're patient and you wait for Black Friday, you can actually get what you need for a way discount. <laughs> Food for thought. I bought my, my furniture, my TV. I bought everything on Black Friday. So I was that crazy dude at the very front of the line. <laughs> but I've noticed that, that on Black Friday, we, we've lost <laughs> our spirit of Thanksgiving already. So today is just a simple reminder that sure, we set aside this month to be thankful. But let's be thankful all year and at all times. So I wrote down a few closing thoughts. I am thankful for every persecution God has or will have me go through. So if somebody cusses me out, gives me the birdie or whatever, I'm going to be thankful that I'm going to undergo that kind of persecution. I also wrote on this. I am thankful for every tribulation God has or will have me go through. That is a trial I'm just already going to be thankful to God because God says in everything give thanks because I know that in my trial and my adversity and my times of trouble, God is going to use that time of trouble and trial to, to perfect me and conform me more to his image and more like Jesus and then to share his good news of salvation. And I know I wrote down this. I am thankful for every salvation God has or will bring me through. Now I say the word salvation there. As, let me define it for you. Salvation can be defined as two ways. Number one, a temporal deliverance. That is a deliverance on this earth that we go through a trial. And number two, it can be a, an eternal deliverance. That is, when we think of salvation in Jesus from hell. And in my context that I wrote down, I am thankful for every salvation God has or will bring me through. And that is the temporal trials and tribulations that God is going to bring us through. I like what one preacher said. He said, if God brought you to it, he will bring you through it. So whatever you're facing through right now, I know that holiday season can be, can be really tough. It can be hard. But this holiday season, maybe you're going to experience loneliness. Maybe you're just going to, uh, you're going to experience anxiety and fear or, or you're going to just experience a lot of different uh, levels of emotion that you don't normally experience. Well, I want you to know this, that through Jesus and through the power of the word of God and the Holy Spirit, you can overcome. Are you thankful, church? Are you a grateful, church? Are you full of gratitude? Let's have the attitude of gratitude. I pledge to always and at all times be thankful to God. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith, 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, 
please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.